Hello, this is Yusra from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Monday, the 28th of March. According to the Union Health Ministry, India recorded 1,270 new COVID-19 cases and 31 deaths in the last 24 hours. The active COVID-19 cases in the country have dropped to 15,859 and the national recovery rate of the country currently stands at 98.75%. According to the Hindustan Times, mere days ahead of his scheduled visit to India, Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett has tested positive for COVID-19. The Prime Minister's office today stated that Bennett feels well and will continue to work while self-isolating at home. There is, however, no official word from both the countries regarding the status of his visit to India during April 3rd to 5th. At the invitation of Prime Minister Narendra Modi, Bennett was set to visit India to mark the 30th anniversary of diplomatic relations and to take the bilateral strategic alliance between the two countries forward. PTI reports petrol and diesel prices being hiked again today, six days in a row in the last seven days. While petrol price has increased by 30 pesa a litre, diesel has been hiked by 35 pesa a litre. Petrol prices have increased by a total of 4 rupees since the revision in fuel prices beginning March 22nd, while diesel rates have seen a total increase of 4.10 rupees a litre, Scroll reported. As a result, petrol will now cost Rs 99.41 in Delhi, Rs 105.18 in Chennai, Rs 108.85 in Kolkata, and the highest in all cities, Rs 114.19 in Mumbai. Meanwhile, diesel will be sold at Rs 90.77 in Delhi, Rs 95.33 in Chennai, Rs 93.92 in Kolkata, and Rs 98.50 in Mumbai. Since the 4th of November last year, Despite a substantial hike in global fuel prices, Indian fuel rates remained frozen ahead of the assembly elections in five states. Oil firms did not revise rates for 137 days, even though during this period, crude oil prices surged by almost $30 a barrel. According to Moody's Investor Services, this hold on price rise during the elections cost the three state-owned fuel retailers losses in revenue worth almost $2.25 billion, or Rs. 19,000 crore. These are the Indian Oil Corporation, Bharat Petroleum Corporation Limited, and Hindustan Petroleum Corporation Limited. According to a scroll report, regulated by oil marketing companies, oil prices in India usually remain static during election season and are only increased after the polling results. During the assembly election in early 2021, fuel prices similarly remained unchanged for about 18 days in March and April before hitting record levels after the results were announced on the 2nd of May. The Modi government has been strongly reprimanded by the opposition on accounts of regular price rises under its governance, PTI reported. While Trinamool Congress's Rajya Sabha MP Derek O'Brien demanded the question be raised in the parliament regarding the BJP government's manner of increasing fuel rates without any discussions, the Congress on Saturday encouraged people to step out on the 31st of March and protest outside their homes and in public spaces with drum bells and other instruments. The party is also organising district-level protests against inflation between April 2nd and April 4th and state-level demonstrations on the 7th of April. Congress leader Randeep Surjewala accused the BJP of being intoxicated over its recent victory in the state assembly elections and demanded accountability of the rupees 26 lakh crore revenue accrued through excise duty on petrol and diesel in the last eight years by the centre. He foregrounded that there has been a quote-unquote shocking hike of 531% in excise duty on diesel and 203% increase in the excise duty on petrol since the party came to power in May 2014. 
Hardeep Singh Puri, Union Minister for Petroleum and Natural Gas, has denied that any oil price has been stalled due to assembly elections. Having led the BJP to a resounding victory in 20 constituencies in the recent state elections in Goa, Pramod Savant was sworn in as the Chief Minister of the state for a second consecutive term today, NDTV reported. Administered by the Goan Governor P.S. Sridharan Pillai, the ceremony took place at the Dr. Shyama Prasad Mukherjee Stadium near the state capital Panaji. Taking the oath in Konkani, Mr. Savant's ceremony marked the second time that a Goa Chief Minister was sworn in outside the Raj Bhavan. According to officials, Mr. Savant will seek a vote of confidence during a two-day session of the new assembly summoned by the Governor. BJP leaders in attendance included Prime Minister Narendra Modi, Union Minister Nitin Gadkari, BJP National President J.P. Nadda, Himachal Pradesh Governor Rajendra Arlekar and former Maharashtra Chief Minister Devendra Fadnavis. Savant was sworn in as a Chief Minister for the first time in March 2019 after the death of the then Chief Minister Manohar Parekar. An Ayurveda medical practitioner, Savant led the fight against the COVID-19 pandemic in the coastal state. According to the New Indian Express, central trade unions today embarked on a two-day-long nationwide strike in protest against a range of government policies. Announcing the beginning of the two-day nationwide strike this morning, the General Secretary of All India Trade Union Congress, Amarjeet Kaur, said that the protest was expected to impact the entire coal belt area in Jharkhand, Chhattisgarh and Madhya Pradesh. They also expect a good response in industrial areas of Assam, Haryana, Delhi, West Bengal, Telangana, Kerala, Tamil Nadu, Karnataka, Bihar, Punjab, Rajasthan, Goa and Odisha, she said. Banks and insurance sectors were affected all over India, while steel and oil sectors also experienced partial impact due to the strike. According to the preliminary reports Core received, markets in Odisha remained closed. Ten central trade unions have come together for this protest and about 20 crore workers are expected to join the strike across various sectors, including coal, steel, oil, telecom, postal, income tax, copper, banks and insurance, among others. The protesting unions demand the scrapping of the labour codes, oppose privatisation of any form, removal of the national monetization pipeline, increased allocation of wages under Manrega and regularization of contract workers, among other demands. In cognizance of the nationwide strike, the Ministry of Power on Sunday issued an advisory to states and other agencies asking power utility companies to ensure that supply is not interrupted and that the national electricity grid functions normally. With class 10th examinations scheduled to begin today in Karnataka, state ministers have strictly instructed students to obey recent High Court orders on the ban on headscarves in educational institutions, PTI reported. According to the Home Minister, Araga Nyanendra, action will be taken against students who violate the order. The Hindustan Times reports that the state government issued a circular earlier on Friday ordering the primary and secondary education departments of state-run schools that students should be allowed to sit for exams only in uniforms prescribed by the government. And in case of private schools, only the uniform prescribed by the respective school managements will be allowed. While some students were seen removing their headscarves outside exam centres, others were forced to return home, missing their exams on account of not being allowed to enter the school premises in hijabs. Primary and Secondary Education Minister B.C. Nagesh, on visiting some of the exam centres today, also told PTI that police action would be taken against students who violate the government rules. Earlier on Sunday, according to News Minute, he had implored the protesting students to, and I quote, shed their ego and not become scapegoats for others, unquote. 
The hijab row case started in December when a group of Muslim girl students of the government women's pre-university college in Udupi city were not allowed to attend classes because of their headscarves, following which protests were held in different parts of the state. On February 5th, the Karnataka government passed an order banning clothes that, and I quote, disturb equality, integrity and public order, unquote. The students had then moved to the High Court against this ban. The High Court, however, upheld the ban ruling that hijab is not essential to Islam. Students who had skipped their practical exams held in February and March, hoping that the court's judgment would be in their favour, were also denied re-examinations by the Karnataka government last week. Speaking of court verdicts, Umar Khalid booked under the Unlawful Activities Prevention Act for his alleged involvement in a conspiracy related to the 2020 Delhi riots was denied bail last week by a Delhi court. To find out why, read Tanishka Sodhi's report titled Mastermind of a Conspiracy, why Umar Khalid's bail plea was dismissed after eight months of hearing. Listeners, if you like what we do, then support us. Hit that subscribe button on the top right-hand corner of our website and pay to keep news free. Free of corporate and government interests. Days after its first intercontinental ballistic missile launch since 2017, North Korea's Kim Jong-un announced the country's plan to develop more powerful means of attack, Al Jazeera reported. A statement published by the official Korean Central News Agency today suggested the possibility of North Korea performing additional launches or even a nuclear device test soon in an attempt to modernize its arsenal. Last week on Thursday, the country witnessed its 12th round of weapons tests this year, launching the newly developed long-range Hwasong-17, which according to analysts has the potential to deliver a nuclear warhead anywhere in the United States. During the test launch, Kim expressed his resolve to build up the country's attack capability to cope with any threats. According to the Korean Central News Agency, Kim said that North Korea will develop more powerful strike means in an effort to perfect its nuclear war deterrence. South Korea responded with a reiteration of a previous assessment that there are signs that North Korea is restoring previously demolished tunnels at its underground nuclear testing site. A spokesperson at Seoul's Unification Ministry, Lee Jong-ju, said that a nuclear test by North Korea would pose a serious threat to international security and that the North must halt any related acts immediately and return to talks. That's all the news we have for you today. Stay safe from the din of disinformation and come back for your daily dose tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.